Welcome to Don't Quote Me On That. One day we will have an intro, but today is not that day. Hello, I'm Kalina. And I'm Eleanor. And welcome back to Don't Quote Me On That, where we definitely took a break between the last episode about this show that you heard. <laughs> this is definitely a new week, um, a new day, a new time of day. And not right after. Yep. Um, for all of those, for all of you who who don't know, this is we're doing little bonus episodes. I suppose you call them on Euphoria, um, because Eleanor texted me Euphoria. and was like, "I'm scared to watch Euphoria because I'm afraid I'll like it too much." And I wasn't convinced she would, but she really did, and I forgot how much I liked it. So we wanted to talk about it, but also we already like. Anyway, not important. The moral of the story is we're talking about Euphoria, and we wanted to give you guys some extra content for the next few weeks. So this is your extra content. If you remember in our last Euphoria episode, we did talk about season one, but um, the problem is our shows are an hour, and then we took 30 minutes to actually start talking about the show. We were very ambitious and thought we could get through all of season one in one episode. Um, we could barely get through one episode in one episode. where this is season one part two um we're picking up on episode four we're not going to wax poetic any longer because we need to get this absolutely not except for yes i am the uh kind of featured player if you will in season four Mm -hmm. or episode four sorry is jules and we learn that uh jules was kind of tricked into going into a psychiatric hospital when she was 11 and uh, because she uh, had some issues with self-harm and some issues with uh, her gender dysphoria. Mm-hmm. And um, the best scene of that, I know it's not a good scene, but the best scene is she's in the hospital and there's a guard um, who brings her a tray of her food. And um, little Jules is like, hey, can I keep the full can of soda? And the guard was like, sure. Um, and then I knew this was going to happen. I saw the scene and I was like, she's going to do something dumb. I thought she was going to pop out the little tab of soda and go ham with that. But she like deconstructed the can and then went ham with that and then walked out and was like, I did something stupid. And like, look, should she have done that? No. Was she 11 and struggling? Yes. Should the guard leave? What the guard should have done is gotten another cup and then poured that in there and said, here you go. Um, but yeah, I like I that. I think that was um, a very, like, kind of, it, it did a very good job of, like, showcasing the, the level of desperation Jules was at. And, like, uh-huh. it made her entrance into the show make a lot more sense. Because um, if you can nearly cut your arm off with a soda can, doing a little, a little tiny knife cut to scare a frat boy at a party, nothing. I um I think this show does a very good job. I I think I've said this about something in each episode. Is the show stresses me out, and I think it like it makes my, not mine, but it makes anxiety or like those feelings very visceral. Like in the beginning, you see Jules feeling like she's choking on her food, and that was stressing me out. She wasn't even choking; she just felt like she was, and that was like, I just kind of felt that. Mm-hmm. Um, but after we. After we learn about Jules, there's this big carnival happening. 
which like, seems to be like a very big like annual thing. Nate's family. Yeah, that's another the thing. The town off. has to be tiny if a yeah. chili cook-off is a huge yeah. thing. And the same, yeah, yeah. I have a lot of questions about the size of the town. But um, they have the carnival and Nate and Maddie, I think, are still broken up at this point. And she wears this like really, no, actually they're back together. And she wears this really like scandalous cutout outfit where you're seeing a lot more than you're not seeing. And she looks great. But Nate's family already doesn't like her. So Nate's like, you can't come around my family. And then she shows up there um, at the chili cook-off after his dad wins and says that she's, I'm sure everyone has heard this, which is when mm-hmm. she goes, um, I know I'm not supposed to be here right now because I'm dressed like a hooker and none of you hooker? like me. Um. And so she goes and, like, says that in front of everyone who's gathered around this table for the chili cook-off and calls his mom the C-word. And then Nate kind of takes her off to they go, and go have an argument <laughs> in, like, the back. Don't do that. It was very rude. Grabs- um, that was the most girl boss thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It made Maddie my favorite character for the whole episode. Um, I love it when girls use that word. I know that word is like kind of controversial, but I love it and I love saying it. And if Kalina wouldn't kill me, I'd be saying it right now. And the funniest thing Kalina's mom has ever done is um, called somebody that Kalina and I both know that word. Um, It made me die laughing and I think about it still sometimes. But anyway... (laughs) I was talking about how they were having an argument and Nate went in the back and grabbed, grabbed, grabbed Maddie by the throat. And then oh, yes. also at the carnival, McKay and McKay like brings Cassie around Nate and he's like, oh, are you Nate's like, oh, are you two dating? And McKay's like, no, we're just hanging out. And Cassie is understandably upset about that. So then Cassie and uh, Maddie are both upset by their boyfriends. So then they go take MDMA as one does. Which they buy from Ashtray, who I would like to clarify, because we haven't, like, clarified this before. Ashtray is, like, 11 oh, years old. Oh, he's a full child. has a yeah. face tattoo and, like, is co-drug dealers with Fez. Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, I'm pretty sure he's the mastermind behind the operation. He is definitely the, the smarts, um, even though I it does not seem like he goes to school. He definitely doesn't go to One of the funniest tweets I saw was, like... Uh, I love Ashtray, because I know that boy got 278 missed absences at whatever elementary school he's supposed to be at. <laughs> um, also, I've got to say, the there's a very elaborate setup on how people are getting MDNA at this carnival. And, like, back mm-hmm. to my point of um, there's no way that the town's, like, I'm just going to assume they have a sheriff, because that kind of seems like the, the sort of town they're in. There's no way he doesn't mm-hmm. know. There's no way that they believe that this man who runs a convenience store and a once-a-year pretzel shop is raking in the money that he's raking in. And given that one of them is dropped out of high school and one of them is a literal child with a face tattoo. Anyway, <laughs> unimportant. We're getting distracted again. Well, no, no, no. This is a, basically so, what happens is um, Matt, true. Maddie and Cassie go up to the pretzel stand that Fez and Ashtray are running. And they're like, I would like one pretzel. And then Ashtray is like, that'll be $20. And I was like, that's a lot for a pretzel. But then he put a tab of, um, is MDNA ecstasy? Is that the same thing? Uh, Molly, ecstasy, and MDNA are the same thing, according to Wikipedia. I mean, according to me, because I'm cool. Yeah. 
so anyway, they're like, I, anyway, I just think it's, it's kind of funny. They, so the like, uh, pill or tab or whatever it is, is kind of hidden in the wrapping of the pretzel and they, uh, start walking, Maddie and Cassie start walking. They take the pill or whatever it is, and then they both in unison throw away the pretzel and keep walking. No, the best part was when they walked up and Ashtray goes, do you want a pretzel? And Maddie goes, do we look like we eat carbs? <laughs> but anyway, they take Molly. Um, Cassie goes and flirts with Daniel, who, if we remember correctly, used to date Kat when they were in sixth grade. Um, and then they go and ride the carousel together. Carousel together. And that a lot happens. Uh, yeah, Cassie's like should... full on having a whole honeymoon moment with the with the carousel horse in the middle of this carnival that everybody's at okay and I, it almost made Daniel me turn off the show this is great honestly yeah though i think that was the worst part up to this point and then um jules recognizes nate's dad as the guy she hooked up with because she goes to get chili for her and rue and then so now rue and jules both know that nate's dad is the guy that jules hooked up with that night cat Hangs out with this guy, Ethan, who was the guy she had sex with, if I remember correctly. No. Right? No. In the first episode? No? Uh-uh. Who did she have sex with? Um, just some random sure. guy. Genuinely, just some random guy who never comes up again. Really? Yeah. I thought this whole time it was the same uh-uh. dude. Oh my god. Okay, well anyway, she... There's this guy who has a crush on her named Ethan, so they hang out at the... At the carnival. But then... Cat thinks he's like flirting with this other girl, so she, which I hate when this happens. And oh my god, she sees him talking to another girl, and she like went to go get them like smoothies or something, and she sees him talking to this other girl, and she like assumes they're flirting, and she drops them on the floor and leaves and doesn't say anything to him. And we see hear the conversation, and the conversation is literally, "Can you tell your sister something for me?" And like I, mm-hmm. if if a conflict, because Euphoria has a lot of conflicts, if a conflict in a show can be resolved by asking one question don't put it in there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like i i'm such i don't think i'm nosy but like i like to i do like to find things i like the like the, the process of finding things out just investigate like a little bit or walk over and be like hey how's this also like at the end of the day no offense but you're not even dating you guys just like the first time you all are hanging out yeah and even like if cat had all this newfound confidence which um, she has because she's now an actual online dominatrix. So like she has a lot of power. I would imagine it gives her a lot of confidence. She could have at least done a who is that kind of moment. I feel like mm-hmm. she would have enjoyed that as a person and as a character. See, I don't think so. This is one of the things I like about Kat as a character is she and it goes back to like remember when she was getting very popular online, but she wasn't popular in person. Mm-hmm. I think she's very confident online, but I think she play and like she plays up like being confident in person but it's because she's so insecure that she plays it up to that extent you know that's so a it's good not point. like at the end of the day it's not true she would and like that's part of the reason she leaves because she would never say that to him like because i think at bringing that up would prove she's insecure because then i think when they meet up at school the next day and stuff she's like just being awful to him and like won't tell her why you know what i mean tell mm-hmm. him why but, um, so anyway, she walks off and leaves Ethan at the fair, at the carnival, and Rue goes looking for her sister Gia and finds that Gia's been smoking weed. And, look, I don't have a sibling. I would imagine it's probably, um, you know, 
you wouldn't want to find your sibling doing drugs. But Rue does not have any sort of leg to stand on. She doesn't, but also I think it's very odd of Gia to be so, like, and, like, I guess not to compare drugs because drugs are drugs, but also, like, weed and opiates are very different. (laughs) So, like, I can see why Gia was like, this is fine, but also she was the one who found Rue overdose, so I can't, I can't see why she'd be like, yeah, let me do this drug. Like that, I just. Yeah, and, like, it's not like the boys she were doing, she was doing it with. They're very cute. They were twins, which means they're automatically creepy. And they're twins who do the same thing at the same time more than once, which means they are not to be trusted. Are some of the McKay's brothers? I I think so. I, Worse. Just a whole list of problems. Okay, is the moral of the story. Um, so then um, Nate's dad asked Jules to be like, please don't tell anyone that we slept together. And she was like, yeah, no, I wasn't going to do that. So. <laughs> oh, also, I think this is, I don't think we've mentioned this before. Um, Nate's dad is like one of the richest people in town. I think he has like a, a carpentry company. I think he builds houses or something. So like ev- everybody kind of knows who he is and he's kind of like a big player. So if his secret of, um, having sex with little boys were to get out it it would be worse than just i don't know some random accountant um not to not to to compare types of pedophilia because being a pedophile is bad no matter no matter who you are don't do that Mm -hmm. but i I would like to point Uh, out that uh in the flashbacks we do see that it you know at least a couple of the people that Nate's dad has sex with are of age it's more that they are base it's more that they are boys and that they are young but too many of them are too young yes um so after he confronts her Jules is like oh I'm gonna go meet up with Tyler because he wants to meet up at the carnival which Rue has been telling her is a bad idea but she goes to meet with him and then finds out that Tyler is actually Nate and Nate threatens to report Jules because she had sent him remember those artsy nudes she sent them to him so he was like I'm gonna report you for child pornography unless you don't tell anyone that I that you suck with my dad because Nate found this out because remember Nate's dad keeps discs of the people he sleeps with (laughs) so Nate saw the one with Jules in it Jules understandably upset goes to Rue's house she doesn't say that Tyler was actually Nate because Rue had been against the whole meeting up with him and the whole talking to Tyler this whole time so she was just like Oh, he wasn't who he said he was and left it at that. Yeah, he, d- he didn't look like and... his picture, I think is what she said. Yeah. Yeah. And so Jules goes over to Rue's house afterwards and they kiss. Mm-hmm. Now, this is when I started to be like, um, I, I hate saying it because I don't like Nate, but I appreciate how he's written, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. First, I was surprised by how he played it when he went to go meet with Jules. I thought he was going to be like, manipulating her because like moments before he was choking on his like literal girlfriend and i thought he was gonna like manipulate her and lord her over it lord this over her and then he kisses jules and then i was like actually he's just like his dad and he's he's insane oh my the worst part of the whole thing i'm so sorry um when we got the full scene of nate's dad and jules hooking up and like nate's dad did one very specific thing and then nate also did it and i I puked. It was the worst thing I've ever had to see. 
Yeah, Eleanor said to me, she's like, if I found out I was into the same thing my parent was into, I'd die. Which is totally fair. And also, Nate doesn't like his dad, so I think that would kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he but was he like, know- he was like saying I- to Jules... It, it now I I know and I can understand that he was doing it because his dad was doing it and like he just wanted to further like make sure that Jules knows that he wasn't playing around but like disgusting why would you do that I hated it I'm so sorry I'm done interrupting you <laughs> and then he says to Jules he goes you're so broken you don't even trust yourself and it's scary so uh, he did exa- He did end up doing exactly what I thought he would. He's very calculated, which is what's terrifying about him. You know, like, if he was crazy and got angry and flew off the handle, that'd be different. But, like, he plans mm-hmm. what he's going to do. Um, and But I did appreciate Jules. Jules did give back to him in the sense that she's like, she was like, just, you're just like your daddy, which he did not like that mm-hmm. line. I don't know why she didn't tell Rue that it was Nate because I was like, Rue's not going to tell anyone, but also Rue is unfortunately not very trustworthy or reliable. So she might flip out. I have to imagine that um, Jules herself was kind of ashamed that she she kind of fell for it in a way. And so she didn't want to tell anyone. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. But also, this is when I was like, did they share a bed the first night they met? Because Rue just went over to this lady's house 30 seconds after they she met her. Oh, they definitely did, yeah. Anyway, um, this is me back to this is a beautifully filmed show. There's um oh the shot at the end is so nice. So Jules, Rue and Jules are laying in Rue's bed, and like the camera's like circling around them. Like it goes on if it makes sense, it goes from over the bed to under the bed, like in a three sixty. Um, but it the, the shot keeps changing. So it'd be them in the bed, and then them at the carnival, and then them at school, and then them in the bed. But it just keeps changing. So. It's like they're in this little self-contained world, no matter where they are. So if they're at school together, if they're at the carnival together, if they're at Rue's house together, it's like the world is just the two of them, which I thought was really cute. Yeah, and I think um, it's it's also a very good kind of um, kind of showing of how they're starting to view their friendship. Yeah. So that, but that's episode yes. four and episode five. The featured player is Maddie. And we learn that kind of her main goal in life is to be a trophy wife. Um, Mm -hmm. And she used to do pageants and she was very good at them. And her mother runs a salon. Uh, So she's very in tune with like makeup and she obviously has kind of presenting herself well is is very high up on her list. And so in the previous episode, she'd been choked out by Nate. And I, I would, for what I would have to imagine is, is the first time she goes to school, you know, very little makeup um, in kind of a, a grubby looking outfit. And um, she passes out in class because it's very warm. It's still summer. Um, and the ambulance has to be called and they see that she has bruises all over her neck um and then then the whole thing starts yeah and she's like denying that anything happened and everyone like knows she and nate are together and for the most part everyone doesn't seem to know the full extent but they do know that she and nate are very off and on and very volatile Mm -hmm. so everyone's obviously like he did this to you and she's like no he didn't leave me alone it's nothing Blah, blah, blah 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 Which, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard. I, this is when I started to like Maddie, because I, she, I said she was very honest, 
this is before the the her line about being choked out. But when she was like, Rue was Rue was narrating. She was like, uh, Maddie knows it's not very PC to say, but like she never really had any ambition to work or do anything. And I was like, Homegirl, Maddie's very honest and true to herself. Um, she, and they were talking about like how she kind of. I don't say manipulated, but did manipulate Nate in a way, in the sense that she presented herself, not entirely falsely, but like, as everything she as everything he wanted, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, I think she needs to manipulate another man because he's insane. But like you know, she is playing him. But it, yeah, for what it's it worth. does make a lot of sense because, like I said, Nate's the son of the most powerful man in town, and so. Nate yeah. will grow up to be the most powerful man in town. And what does the power, most powerful man in town need? A trophy wife. Yeah, but I don't think that's the only reason she's with him. Oh, and she no. says it in later episodes about how, like, she's, like, she's she's she, she says there's something wrong with her because she likes dark and twisted. And she's afraid that, like, nothing else is going to satisfy her. And that's what she has with Nate. Um, and also, Rue says this line that I've heard a lot online that's, like, it wasn't the violence that scared her. It was the fact that she knew no matter what he did, she'd still love him. Um, which is dumb if that's you you need to break up with him and then go to therapy and figure that out because that is not healthy and that is not regular no now i did think um i don't know if this was supposed to be a break but rue's like narrating maddie's life and the tragedy of her and nate but then all of a sudden rue just starts talking about how she really wishes she could do fentanyl (laughs) Uh, i just thought that switch was really funny because it was like blah 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 maddie this is so tragic and then it was like the title that said euphoria and then she was like Man, I really want fentanyl. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice little little break without like completely disregarding the se- severity mm-hmm. of everything. Um, also, aren't you supposed to abstain from relationships for a while after leaving rehab? Isn't that like one of the... Um, yeah, if you're like serious... The, the thing is, if you are serious about your sobriety, not starting mm-hmm. anything big is, is one of the key things. But um, as we have learned... Um, serious about sobriety and Rue don't even go in the same book. <laughs> I was gonna say this is something I didn't like. I didn't. I like. I realized she wasn't serious, but I didn't really put together. Whereas at the be at this, she overdosed and ended up in rehab. So like, if she hadn't overdosed, she would have just kept trucking on doing drugs. So it's not like she volunteered because you. Could, it's very easy for someone to be like, well, why aren't you sticking to your sobriety? Well, she didn't volunteer to go. It's not like she yeah. wanted to be sober. Exactly. That wasn't. The- on, it wasn't her choice. Her calling Ollie in the past, I think the last episode or maybe the two episodes ago, that was the only time where she was like, oh, I physically as a person need to do this instead of people like, you should probably not yeah, do that. Yeah, that lasted for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. That, that lasted for all of five minutes. Um, and then, oh, she and, this is not super important, but she and um, Rue and Jules go to get lip tattoos together that say rules, because that's their name put together. So Eleanor and I think we should go get lip tattoos that say um, D-Q-M-O-T, which is don't quote me on that. We think, or it's so, planned. Um, let us know if you think that's a good idea. Because I have the cash. I have the cash. It's planned when I can get a tattoo, yes. Um, also, Ashtray did their tattoos, and he was like, don't worry, I've been doing this for years. But he's, like, five years old. Yeah, there's... I know he's, like, 11, but he's, like, five years old. He's been... I have to imagine that the first time he ever wrote a sentence, it was with a tattoo gun. That's the only way he's been doing it for years. <laughs> and then, um... So, yes. Um, Maddie, like, and uh, Maddie's mother, since Maddie's a minor, Maddie's mother presses charges against Nate, even though Maddie doesn't want her to. 
Um, and like Ru- Nate's dad and mom obviously get called down to the, what's it called? The school. So they like, your, your son has been accused of attacking his girlfriend. And he's like, Nate's like, no, I definitely never did that. That's insane. That's crazy. And then I think this is a very good scene. It's like a hard scene to watch, but also a very good scene is when Maddie's at the police station and she refuses to take off the sweater she was wearing to like hide the bruises. Mm-hmm. And the cop is like, basically the cop, they have to cut it off of her cause she won't take it off so they can take photos. And the cop says to, the lady cop says to Maddie, she was like, she's like, whoever did this to you is not love. Like, I know what you might think, but this, whoever did this to you does not love you. Which I, Maddie obviously doesn't listen to, but I think it is important for her to hear and for it to be said on yeah. the show with such influence. Um, back to Rue and Jules. Rue tells her mom that she and Jules are dating, which is when I was like, I'm pretty sure you're supposed to stay away from relationships. Um, Rue kind of... Rue's also connected with Ali because she's like, I want to be sober. So he's like, he's telling her, he's like, he's like, what are you going to do when Jules and you break up or when Jules decides she's going to leave you? And which Rue obviously doesn't care for. Um, but Rue is trying to be better for Jules and trying to be a good friend and all this stuff. So she goes and she apologizes to Lexi for being a bad friend because she went and like got she Lexi to pee in a cup friend. and then yelled at her a cup like the next day. Yeah. Um, so she invites Lexi to go roller skating with her and Jules. And Jules and Rue go home together after roller skating. Cassie and McKay have reconciled. Um, I've just with- got to say that Lexi and Rue in the bowling alley, that scene was more homoerotic than the actual, like, gay sex that we've seen. <laughs> um, I, I don't know why... They set up Lexi, because honestly, from the very first episode, I was getting kind of fruity vibes from Lexi, and I don't, I look, I appreciate what they're doing with her in the second season and her romantic interest in the second season, but I just feel like that's not what they were leading up to in the first season. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree with that. They don't, unfortunately, Lexi doesn't get much um depth until the next season. She is just, mm-hmm. but she, you, you, you are... It is it, given the impression she's nice and she's a she's she's one of the better characters I would say. Yeah, like. Also about them in the like when they're roller skating. I think if Zendaya weren't famous, I think this is what her vibe would be like. I think this is what she would just look like normally, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, but Cassie and McKay are like have made up now, which like if you're if every time you meet up and your man is apologizing, you need to get a new man, you know. Yeah, like, there's teenage stupidity, and then there's too stupid to be in a relationship right now. Every scene they have, they switch. So, like, every other scene is them together, and then every other scene in between is them having some sort of fight. But Cassie and McKay um, reconcile. McKay apologizes for his behavior when he was like, no, we're not in a relationship at the carnival. You just need to get a new man. But he does apologize and he does admit, which I thought was very big of him and very aware. He was like, oh, because you can't trust Nate. So I didn't want to tell him we were in a relationship. So I did appreciate he did like recognize that and said it to her and wasn't just like, sorry, can we get over mm-hmm. this? Um, And then Nate's dad also in, what are we on episode five now? Nate's dad also is like wondering like what his sexuality has done to his kids. Because as you, as we go along throughout the season, you see that Nate and his dad... 
like Nate doesn't like his dad. Yeah. Like I think at one point they call it they have he's having a pissing contest with his dad, which like you should never be in a pissing contest with your your child or your or your parent. Nate has definitely and they're both aware uh, of the fact lost all respect for his dad, and mm-hmm. we don't know if Nate's dad knows that Nate knows what Nate's dad has been doing, but I I think he kind of suspects that. So something is off with Nate for some reason and um, knowing his big secret would kind of be my first thought it's also it's interesting and I think it explains Nate a little bit is because everything he learned about he is, and he associates with being a man like a man's man and a gentleman is from his dad but also he hates his dad because of what his dad does in secret mm-hmm. so he both emulates his father but is also trying to be nothing like his father so I think that explains some of his insanity. It doesn't justify it at no. all. He's insane and horrible. But, but it does give you some some background for him. Mm-hmm. Also, Maddie and Nate start... So at this point, Nate's been expelled. And he's kind of like exiled a little bit because everybody thinks he's a, a woman beater, which he, he is. Um, but then Maddie mm-hmm. and Nate start meeting up. Oh, yeah. They meet up in a hotel in secret. Which is the same hotel... Again, I have to imagine there is only one hotel in the whole town because it's the same hotel where um, Nate's dad and Jules hooked up. And like also, if Nate's dad always picks this hotel to do his his little rendezvous, how does the hotel clerk not know? How is this not kind of a, a... a well-known secret? I just, I have a lot of questions. I don't know, but that just reminded me when Maddie went... Her Nate's dad was also at the hotel at the same time because he was having a hookup and the hookup was like sitting on the stairs and Maddie walked past him. It's like again, th- they either want this town to be small or they don't. And if the town is as small as it sometimes seems like they're wanting it to be, there's no way that people mm-hmm. don't know all these things. Yeah, but anyway, we focus on McKay, so we kind of learn um, some more about. And this is why I say he's not irredeemable because you learn some more about why he is the way he is and it's a lot of pressure his father like like you see his father coaching young mckay for like two hours in football and you're like oh this is football practice and then mckay's actual football practice starts after the fact so this you know this man is like pushing him to be a successful football player and then when he gets to college he kind of has this experience of going from being a big fish in a little pond to a big fish in a huge pond i think is what i wrote Mm -hmm. um because he got picked because he's good, but obviously everyone on the team got picked. Yeah, you're good. on a team of everybody who was the best in their town, and, and there's no way out of all the towns yeah. you're the best one in all of them. It's hard to be motivated when you're not the star of the best anymore, mm-hmm. which is what he's kind of struggling with. Is He's like, oh, I thought I loved football, but maybe he's like, oh, maybe I just loved being good. And he's like realizing his chances of being he had a hard, you know, he had to work hard to just to get on the college team and he's not even being allowed to play. He's like sitting on the bench and stuff. So now he's like, oh, me, the chances of me playing professionally are like non-existent. But then we go and we see um, Nate's been suspended for attacking Maddie, obviously, and like socially being like ostracized. And what he does is he remember the if we remember the guy he beat up for sleeping with Maddie, for having sex with Maddie in the pool. Um, he broke into that guy's apartment again, which, like, I don't know why the guy didn't move or, like, get better security or a dog. Get a dog, yeah. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but he breaks into the guy's apartment and gets him to confess. The, the guy, I, I wrote one down on the lines. The guy was like, um, what are my options? And Nate's like, neither of them are good, but one of them is better than the other. Which, again, like I found Nate objectively funny in some scenes because he was just so... Oh, absolutely. Just... What he's doing is absolutely absurd, but he, he makes it mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Um, so he basically he get, gets the guy to confess, to go down to the police and say he was the one who choked Maddie. And he also blackmails Jules by using the video, by using the, the, the artsy nude mm-hmm. she had sent him. Um, he blackmails her into co- corroborating the story, essentially. Yep. Um, which I said was like, was a very like well masterminded, but also this was the stupidest thing he did because they it was on a Halloween and both the guy and Jules went to the station on the same day. And if I were the cops who had been working this, they'd been working it for not a long time, but like longer than 24 hours. Yeah, probably a couple weeks. And two people show up on the same day to tell me about the story, tell me something that goes against everything that the evidence tells me. That's that's suspicious. Even like to their credit, though, the cops are like to Jules, they're like, and you're you're sure Mm -hmm. you're not lying to us. Nobody told you to come in here and lie to us. None of that is ringing any bells. So, like, at least they weren't just like, oh, yeah, okay, thank you. And then I wrote again, how small is this town? Question mark, question mark, question mark. How? I am so confused. Yeah. It, it can only be one size. They're trying to make it so many sizes. It can only be one size. <laughs> I, it just, yeah, it depends on what suits them, what size the town is. Oh, yeah. Also, um, Halloween, Cassie is out, you know, in the city uh, with McKay for a party. And they're, I think they're like making out or something. And then his, the, the people that he, in the fraternity that he wants to join, come in and just attack him. And then right after, he turns around and he's like, well, do you want to keep having sex? And Cassie's like... No. And McKay's like, I do. Uh, McKay knows he I wrote McKay knows he's not the big dog anymore, but he can't let himself be the little dog. So he's kind of in this weird limbo, especially bet- between the team and the frat. And so he again Cassie unfortunately is gonna get the short end of the stick here because he can't he can't concede ground to his frat members. He can't concede ground to the football team, so he's gonna take it out on her. Mm-hmm. And Cassie, it is okay, and not just Cassie, anyone, it is okay to say, no, I don't really want to have sex right now. Because he was like, so do you want to have sex? And she was like, uh, I mean, like, I guess. Yeah, but like, that's also, not a like, good answer. seeing your boyfriend get, um, I don't even remember what happened, because I've kind of blocked it out. I'm pretty sure he was beaten and, like, made fun of. They, like, and, held him down on the ground and, had, like, were holding cameras and, like, yeah, just making fun of yeah, him. Yeah, like, that totally um understandably will ruin a mood mm-hmm. uh, something's wrong with your man if that happens also, and he's like let's just cast sex it's fine nothing happened most colleges oh, have free th- counseling that's the thing. The, the, i just remembered your man went into the bathroom and then cried silently for like five minutes and then came out and was like let's do it so you also have sex <laughs> yeah, like, and she was like uh, i guess so really anyway and then so if we yeah if we remember from the carnival and um from sixth grade cat's ex-boyfriend from sixth grade daniel hosts a party 
and they all go and they dress up. And also, another reason I would have dumped McKay is because Cassie had put together this really cute um costume where she was like, I think, Alabama Morley mm-hmm. from that movie. Um, but it involved basically it was like a bra and a skirt, right? And then McKay was like, I'm, but he didn't even tell her she'd look nice. The first thing he was like, oh, I'm never going to hear the end of it if you show up looking like that. So he made her change and wear his football jersey. Which is stupid because like, she looked honest, hot. Didn't cover up much more. Like she looked really. What, good. You're gonna get made fun of for having a Two, hot girlfriend. Didn't really cover up more. Didn't cover up much more than her original costume. And if my man didn't even take the time to tell me I look nice before he told me to change, mm-hmm. I would have left him. First of all, if he told me to change at all, I would have left him. Also, he can suggest it. Like, but it doesn't really sound like he was asking. Well, I think it would have been fair to kind of demand her to change if they were going to a five-year-old's birthday party. Or maybe a Halloween party at a preschool. But, yeah, it was a frat party. There's absolutely no way she's going to be the only one dressed in something that's going to be. And also, it's, even if nobody knew what her costume was from, she looked cute. And that's kind of the whole point of Halloween. She looked so good. But anyway, and then the next night, Daniel's throwing a party. So everyone's there. Rue, Jules, Cassie in her original costume. Kat dressed up like... A nun from some movie. Um, Fez is there. Fez looks so cute. He's wearing this little suit and he just looks absolutely adorable and I love him so much. And Rue goes out there and this is she's making amends still, so she goes and apologizes for everything he um she said to him. And I I was another reason I love Fez. I wrote this down. He because she was like, I'm sorry for what I said. And he said, Listen, Rue, you're a drug addict. I don't think anything take anything a drug addict says personally, because I don't believe anything a drug addict says. Which is good advice. And he keeps calling her yeah, and he calls her kid, but um, then Jules is really torn up about this whole like lying and Nate lording this over her head thing, but she can't tell Rue, so she gets really drunk, even though she's supposed to be like not babysitting Rue, but like Rue's obviously trying to stay sober, mm-hmm. and Jew is Jules is like drinking and drinking, and Jules I think is dressed up like Juliet from Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, well they're both and Rue she and Jules are Romeo and Juliet. Oh yes, but I didn't. Her outfit was boring. I'm trying to. I'm trying to paint the same Jules' outfit. Okay, sorry. Rue's outfit was like a suit. Jules was like wearing a little, little white dress and little wings. But anyway, she gets in the pool, and I said that I've had this conversation with people before, specifically you, um, where Rue goes over to talk to Jules, and it's like a whisper conversation where she's like, "No, stop! No, stop! Stop it!" And Jules <laughs> pulls her into the pool. But I said, I said if someone pulled me into the pool, I would have killed them. Oh, absolutely! But. <laughs> Um, they go in the pool, and then, do they kiss in the pool, or it was, did Rue imagine that? I don't, I don't think so. Because I had, and then the next, in the next episode, they show flashbacks of her being pulled in the pool, and it shows them kissing, but that could just be Rue, I, I thought that was just Rue's imagination. But anyway, Jules pulls Rue into the pool, and then Rue, Rue leaves the party kind of upset without Jules, and saying how she's a burden on everyone and all this stuff, because... Jules was kind of acting the fool, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, again, not entirely her fault, but she was kind of acting the fool. Um, Kat, meanwhile, hooks up with um, your man Ethan at this party, who's the man. Who, so Ethan is the man who looks like the guy from Kicking It. Uh, okay. And right. she hooks up with him. Then yes. And then ditches him because that just seems to be her tactic with this man, I guess. And meanwhile, Cassie, who's kind of on the rocks with McKay... Like, kind of, like, goes farther than she should with Daniel, but refused to actually sleep with him. And then he just is just awful to her. 
I'm sure everyone's heard this audio too, but he, he tells her, she, she, you are so effing boring. And I'm going to be honest with you because no one else will, is that any guy who says he's interested in you beyond just sleeping with you is, um, is a liar, mm-hmm. is what she tells him. Is what he tells her. I've watching um, Euphoria and, has made me realize that every single TikTok audio is either from Bojack Horseman, Euphoria, or a Doja Cat song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Cassie goes home, understandably upset, and then realizes her period is late because what? What would we have? Will we have a teenage show without a pregnancy scare? You can't have one. You uh, not oh. possible. Big news at the party, though. Nate's been acquitted because your man went and confessed in, in his place. So Nate and Maddie show up at the party. And uh, everyone applauds them. Which, which like, why? I swear. Because even if like, somebody else has been arrested, people know Nate did it. Because they've met Nate before. I, that was yeah, the most unrealistic just, part. Like, and, like, even if you're feigning ignorance, even if you're genuinely ignorant and didn't didn't believe he did it, why would I applaud your girlfriend? We caught the guy who choked out your girlfriend and you two are back together. But you know what I mean? Like, it's just a weird thing to clap for. didn't know about that part, why would you clap that Nate's coming to a party for the first time in a couple weeks? It's not like he's the life of the party. He gets drunk and violent and ruins things. I would be happy mm-hmm. he wasn't coming. <laughs> anyway, but then um, this is before Rue had left and she sees kind of how Jules reacts to Nate showing up and she's like, now she's like, hmm, that's interesting. Our episode seven focuses on Cassie. Um, and Cassie's parents get divorced when she's like really, when she's in her early teens. And I said this show did a really good job of making them look just a few years younger mm-hmm. than they did. Like when they, especially Rue and Cassie, I think like it's very believable that they're like playing when they're like 14, 13, 14. Like I believe they're that age. Um, so I think they did a good job there. But her parents get divorced and her dad, um, becomes like a, a drug addict and then cassie just kind of um gets into like bad relationships with a lot of people because which after her her dad her dad after you find out about her dad and how he like just kind of abandoned them one day essentially and then she, he abandoned he got in a car accident and then abandoned them and then called her up one night to ask her to if he'd come take some things from the house and then he didn't and never spoke to her again so, like, I think that makes sense in the sense that Cassie's kind of forever tracing validation. Yeah, there's also this, from men. this little montage of Cassie and Lexi, um, how they would see their dad every other weekend and they would, you know, go out um, from the house and get into his car and drive off. And then, like, slowly there were scenes of them just, like, sitting on the, the sidewalk being left. And I think, not to sound like a child of divorce, but, like, uh, that's definitely, like, a... Anyone who's kind of been there can absolutely, like, as soon as you see that, the feelings just kind of come up. So it, it made me feel a little bit bad for Cassie, and it made me understand her a little bit more. But then also, how is Lexi so well-adjusted? But Well, I, I actually I actually was thinking about that. Um, but, like, I think Cassie's, like, forever chasing, you know, she's, she's looking for validation from men. And meanwhile, the way they, I think the way they turned out makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because, well, one, she's always looking for validation from men. And obviously when you're at that age and you're around men, in a sense, boys of that age, that's the only kind of validation you're going to get is sexual validation. So she 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 makes a lot of questionable decisions for those reasons that kind of come back to bite her, even though it's not her fault. It's not like she instigated them. But I said that it made sense because Lexi becomes kind of uh, like parent 
parentified. Yeah. Like she, you know, she agreed to pee in the Tylenol bottle for Rue. Lexi's very, very responsible, whereas Cassie is kind of just emotionally immature and she's she's always going to be the baby if that makes sense and she wants to be taken care of so she just jumps from person to person to be taken care of which makes a lot of sense actually going into season two it it, it does but also this is when i found out that cassie was the older one which doesn't make any sense it yeah i think it's also as soon as i i said my thing i remembered the 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 garage scene so cassie i think had to take on the brunt of it a little bit more than lexi did so it makes sense that cassie's mm-hmm. a little bit more about it um i yeah. think and this is uh, maybe this isn't the time to be making predictions but i think there's going to be um a, a little bit uh, when lexi has her episode because i'm assuming lexi's gonna have kind of a, a featured player moment we're going to learn that lexi had to parent both a cassie and her mother and um, yeah. that's when the yeah. internet's going to find that's out that um, their mom is an alcoholic and they're going to, it's going to blow their minds. But I, I think, <laughs> I think you made a good point. And I think we are going to find out that, that Lexi had to full on take care of, of their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the garage scene though, I thought that was lit very well because she's waiting in the garage for her dad and the garage door opens and Cassie from like the neck down is lit in just like the street lights. Mm-hmm. And then the garage light turns on and you see her face, but like her face and her body are lit separately in two different like colors, which I thought was interesting because one thing they had brought up about Cassie is like she, Cassie's very hot. Okay. There's no, she's played by Sydney Sweeney. Sydney Sweeney gorgeous. is fine. And so they talk about like when Cassie like matured very quickly and like people, you know, men in her family even were like really creepy about mm-hmm. it. So, like, I thought it was very interesting to separate her head and her body in that sense, because that is a big thing that she can't get away from. That's part of the reason she, I don't think she, I don't think she's necessarily as aware of it, but I do think she has to use that to, again, keep men around, which is what she's trying to do. Yeah. I, I, I think Kalina notices angles and, and camera stuff like that a lot more than I do. But now that you say it, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was because like her face, her 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 body was like in this kind of like washed out white light was her face was in the orangey light from the garage when her dad came in. I just thought that was really nice. But anyway, so that's what we get the background on Cassie. Um, and so McKay is like her first like quote unquote good relationship which he's kind of fumbling the bag a little bit because he has all of this knowledge of her past relationships and he's letting that influence him. But he does, I do think, genuinely cares for her at the end of the day. Now, in the meantime, Rue has fallen into a manic depression because um, Jules has been kind of distant since the whole, you know, figuring out Nate thing and kind of keeping that to herself. Um, oh, yeah, so this is this is the funniest Rue has been up to this point. Rue dresses up like a detective <laughs> And is like at three o'clock in the morning calling Lexi on the phone, and they're like trying to figure out what exactly went on between Jules and Nate. It's just uh, she just she's dressed up like this old time detective. She's like dialing her on this little, <laughs> yeah, you know, little landline phone. She's like smoking a cigarette. It's, it's the funniest she's been. But um, they're trying to figure out what's going on with um, what Nate did to Jules because obviously we all they they know Nate's crazy. So obviously like they knew he did something or they assumed he did something. So Rue asks Fez to, like, scare him, which, like, you know, good to have the local drug dealer in your pocket. And no offense to Fez. Like, I'm sure Fez could be terrifying, but, like, I wouldn't look at him and off the bat be like, oh, I'm scared of that guy. You know what I mean? But he goes and he goes to go scare Nate. But Nate, what Nate does in retaliation is 
call the cops and report Fez to the police. So then the cops show up at Fez's place and Fez and Ashtray are like having to flush drugs down the toilet very quickly. But again, it takes me back to the point of like, if the town is as small as they want us to think, the police definitely knew. And I have to imagine there's some drug addicted detective who texted them first or like they're the one outside the door being like, just give them a second, guys. I'm, I'm sure it's nothing. Yeah, because they because the cops just keep knocking on the door, and I was like, realistically, I feel like the cops would have broken in at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, I think it's important to mention if we recall a couple episodes earlier, Rue was given fentanyl by that guy Mouse, um, Fez's drug dealer, and be- he, because he got Rue to take the fentanyl, he made Fez take fentanyl to sell, even though Fez didn't want to. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "Oh, and Fez owes me for the for the fentanyl that Rue took." Yep. Um, so Fez has a bunch of drugs he hasn't paid for that he needs to sell to make the money back for that he now has to flush down the toilet. So now he's like in the hole also for this, which I was yeah. thinking about, which then, Nate didn't know. But like Nate's timing is impeccable. Yeah, Nate is, is very good at picking the worst time to do anything. Um, also, uh, d- during this, Kalina said Rue is having a depressive episode. And the title of this episode is The Trials and Tribulations of Trying to Pee While Depressed. And um, as the resident depressed person i think there's this whole storyline in the episode about how um rue is too depressed to get out of bed and too depressed to even like get up and pee and it's so bad that she ends up getting um a kidney infection and has to go to the hospital and i i just think that whole scene of like from the rue's little obsession with um the 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 what the the incident to her just being so sad she can't move i think i have never felt better represented and i think the whole too sad to even move thing um i watched it and then i got sad because i think kalina has seen me like that before and i think it's a good representation of, of how you how you feel when when you when you like that What's happening with Maddie is Maddie's upset with Kat because Kat's kind of being a, a biatch. Um, just to everyone. And again, it's because she's so insecure. So she's like presenting this like this op- the, like the complete opposite. But like even to her mm-hmm. friends, you know what I mean? Like she's treating her friends and also the people she has cam sessions with kind of the same, which is weird. Because then when she's by herself, she's like, I'm so sad and horrible and lonely. Essentially, it's kind of the vibe. And I was like, I think you'd feel better if you weren't so horrible all the time. I, I don't think she's considered yeah. that. And then she has like a camp session with this guy who pays a lot of money, but it's kind of, kind of creeped her out. So she hangs up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cassie, if we remember at the end of the last episode, realized she missed her period. So she tells McKay she's pregnant and he is obviously overwhelmed, you know, um, and I didn't love his response because one of the first things he says, he goes, I love you too, but I'm doing a lot, which like, it's not about him. Like, obviously it impacts his life, but I think if he was like, we're doing a lot or we, you know, but he was like, I'm doing a lot. Like she wasn't doing anything with her life. Yeah. He's like, look, babe, I'm really busy right now with high school. I don't have time for you to be pregnant. Like, Mm -hmm. I thought maybe, maybe be like, but then Cassie also was like, well, what if this is what I meant to do? Like being a parent and like, no. Mm-mm. No. Maybe you know if you're 25 and have. Yeah, no, it not not when you're 18. 
being a parent like can be the greatest thing for people a lot of people say it is but i don't i have a hard time believing on a large scale that is the that is the thing people are put on this earth to do you know what i mean i'm yeah. sure that's the case in some places but like yeah and especially not at 18 for you to chop your whole life up to what if i meant to be a parent there but, are definitely some people that like once they have a kid you're like this is you know you're this is you in your element but like that's yeah. not a decision i think you should you should a be able to make it 18 or b should should have to mm-hmm. so but because of all that and like obvious bad idea um cassie decides to get an abortion because like you know she, she really shouldn't be having a kid and mm-hmm. jules goes off to visit um a friend from her old town and meets her uh, name is T-C. in the city in the city they're um, very annoying about T-C. how it's the city and TC has a roommate named Anna, and Anna, Jules, and TC all go clubbing, and Anna and Jules hook up and take drugs. Well, they take drugs and then they hook up. Um, yes. And Jules kind of like keeps, uh, she's hallucinating. So, like, first she's seeing Anna, and then she's seeing Nate, and she's like, one thing I thought was really interesting is she was talking about, she was talking to Anna before they went out about like how she wants to conquer femininity. Mm-hmm. And when she's hallucinating and seeing Nate, um, she Nate said to her in in the hallucination hallucination Nate goes I'm yours and Jules is like choking him so she, I think she was like taking back the power because she said she wants to dominate men and conquer femininity is what she said before that so I thought that was her like metaphorically doing that which I thought was really cool I agree I so think I thought the whole hallucination hookup scene was really fun I didn't get it the first time I watched it, but then I had paid more attention to the conversation before they, they had before they went clubbing, and then I was like, oh, well, that's what she's doing there. But she texts Rue the next morning and tells Rue she misses her. Um, unrelated, well, unrelated, but like a little while back, this, I, wanted, I, I think Fez is the king of answering the question without answering the question. Like, mm-hmm. when Rue asks him to go intimidate Nate, he, she goes, do you still got that gun? And he goes, what gun? And Rue goes, the one from the couch. And Fez goes... I mean, I got a couple guns, <laughs> but Rue is a uh, Rue and Mouse, the drug dealer, are gonna stress this poor man out. He's gonna go gray in a few years, is my theory. Oh my goodness! I think he's already gray, and he dyes his hair to get that beautiful <laughs> color. And then also, he's so nonchalant because um, when Nate comes and he threatens Nate comes to the convenience store for something, and that's when he threatens Nate. And Nate's like kind of giving it back to him, and Nate and Fez goes, "All I'm saying is, if you keep messing with Rue and her friends, and I'm gonna kill you." That'll be five seventy five, big boy. This is all like one. <laughs> this is one sentence. <laughs> I think it's usually like the drug doer with the heart of gold. I think he gives some very, very. I don't want to say needed, but some some needed drug dealer with a heart <laughs> of gold. <laughs> um, but Jules, so the yeah, Jules parties. Text Rue and tells her I miss her. That's episode seven. This episode's gonna be just long. We're sorry, we talk too much. Um, yeah, screw it. Um, so last episode in season one is episode eight and it's called and salt the earth behind you which i think is just a great title mm-hmm. and the focus of this is rue again so we've kind of come full circle and rue and jules have reconciled as eleanor mentioned rue goes to the hospital because she didn't pee for a really long time so then she has a kidney infection so rue and jules reconcile as rue is recovering in the hospital nate is having some um problems in the bedroom as i think the the tv ads would say it with maddie <laughs> And then Maddie is like, um, I found a bunch of really weird photos on your phone. Are you gay? 
And he's like, no. And Maddie's like, I, I really loved Maddie in the scene because she was trying really hard to be understanding. She was like, because, you know, sexuality. She had talked about this with kids before. <laughs> yeah, she's like, do you think, when she asked, do you think anybody is 100% gay or 100% straight? And the answer is no. Nobody is 100% anything. Um, but Maddie's trying to tell Nate that, right? She's like, it's okay. Like, sexuality is a spectrum. No one's 100% gay or straight. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm trying to help you, man. He's like, that's crazy. I'm 100% straight. It's just, I have a lot of, I think, I'm thinking about football a lot right now. That's why something that hasn't ever happened before is happening. Can we move on? <laughs> but um, he really doesn't learn because, like, he just got out of trouble for attacking his girlfriend and then he attacked her again because she brought that up um like did he not learn his lesson about keeping his hands off her face he like not not to give Nate ideas right but like he choked her and that didn't go well why would he then like attack her face you know but anyway because he he he's not the smartest leaves in the middle of the night and um but she steals the video of cal and Cal is Nate's dad. So she steals a video of Nate's dad yeah. and Jules without knowing what it is and then watches it later and is like, oh my god. But when she's leaving, Nate's dad says to her, he's like, I don't know what the two of you have. But he's like, whatever it is, it's bad for both of you. Um, and he even admits that Nate is insane. But he's like, mm-hmm. I know my son's crazy, but I gotta look out for him. Sorry. It's like, he's um, crazy, but he's mine. Because also I'm crazy. But Nate wins his... Um, the next, I don't know if the next day or if some days later, but later Nate wins the final like high school football game. Yeah, he's got to be a senior because it's his final high school football. Yeah. Game. So Nate wins his final high school football game, but and it and that one dad that is thing really critical of his performance. Which like, if if we lose and you yell at us, and then also we win and you yell at us, we're not gonna want. You just like yelling. <laughs> we're getting yelled at anyway, you know. So, but his his dad's like, you didn't control your team out there. Blah 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 blah. And Nate attempts to fight him and then um, begins to cry. And I wrote, well, I guess at least someone can put him in his place. Not that I think he should have. And also, I don't like his dad. But, like, at least someone can handle Nate. And then I said, oh, no, Nate is crying. How sad. Okay, now he's going insane. Uh, Yeah, Nate was handled for a full two seconds. And then he is like, you know what? I'm going to out crazy you. And, then and I think did. I prefer him when he was emotionalist. Um, but I, I am glad they proved he wasn't just like an emotionalist robot. But I did like that version of Nate better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we um, also get what I think is one of the most powerful scenes in the season, which is we see Cassie getting her abortion, and we learned earlier that Cassie um, she did figure skating for a while. And mm-hmm. the scene where she gets an abortion, she's in the clinic, and while she's having the actual procedure done in her head, she's having, like, this, maybe it's just because I love ice skating, but she's having this, like, ice skating performance where she's all alone, and it's just, it's just so well composed. It, it's, it is, it is genuinely just a beautiful scene. And I think it it's very powerful because it shows kind of Cassie on her own but doing okay, which is kind of what she's been after the whole entire time, uh, trying to prove to herself that she can do things alone. And like while this is kind of an extreme moment to be realizing it, she she does realize it for, you know, a full two seconds. But I, I think that scene is just gorgeous. 
I agree that is a very powerful scene. However, you and I took very different things from it because I wrote down, <laughs> what song do you pick for your abortion? And can you ever listen to it again? Uh, yeah, no, you can't. I think I you have to... to answer. You, like... I think you have to pick a song that, like, conceivably you... Like, it can't be a song that'll come up on the radio, but it has to be a song that, like, if you ever like emotionally need to listen to it again like you can't pick a super sad song because if you're ever like you need to remind yourself you know how strong you are you can't go listen to i can't think of a sad song and like maybe you can't listen to a song about sex because that's what got you into this mess you just gotta like listen to a song that's like not bad not good and you would but you would never listen to on your own you have to listen to, I feel like, maybe like a waiting room song, but like not one that would come up. Like an EDM song? Yeah, maybe. Or like just a really, really long song so that you could just, I don't know how long abortions take, but like if they're longer than three minutes, you just pick a long song because those aren't going to come up on the radio. And also then it's only one song ruined. You can't really put on your pregame playlist to get an abortion. Uh, we did take very different things from that scene, but I agree. I thought that was very powerful, and I, I I also love ice skating, so I thought that was it was beautiful. Oh yeah, I think if you're on ice, you're automatically hot, but only if you're a woman. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was like her mom and her sister went with her, and but she didn't ask them to come in with her. So I think that goes to what Eleanor was saying about like her showing herself she can do this on her own. Which I, I also for the first time in Cassie's life, she's like, I need to be able to do things by myself. I liked the scene where her mom found out that she was pregnant because um, her mom, like, didn't ask questions. Her mom just kind of gave her a hug and set up the appointment. So I I thought it was – I don't want to say it's what a mom is supposed to do because I don't really know if there's a playbook for that. But I thought it it was a Well, yes, but also – I think it would have been very easy for her mom to flip out or go a different way because if you remember, I, I, I think, I assume Lexi and Cassie's mom got pregnant when she was a teenager because that was a big thing every time Cassie went to hang out with McKay. Mm-hmm. She was like, don't you dare get pregnant. Like, that was the one time she was genuinely serious. She was like, don't you dare get pregnant. Oops. And then she may have got pregnant, so, you know. Yeah, I think that poor mother had been preparing for her daughter to get pregnant since her daughter grew boobs. Yeah. Um, Maddie has no filter and I think she's, she's, um, hilarious because they're at, they're at prom, right? And they're at the table and Jules, I think says, Rue's been sober for three months. And Maddie goes, just off the bat goes, weren't you in rehab six months ago? (laughs) And Rue's was like, I didn't realize other people were coming. Yeah, I think they just changed the subject. Um, but Fez, um, so yeah, they're at prom, they're having like, they're, and Nate and Maddie are like spending the whole night trying to make each other jealous, which like, um, one thing I thought they did really well, I don't know if well, but I thought was really smart or whatever, was Nate brought a date to the prom that wasn't Maddie, obviously, mm-hmm. and the date looked like Jules. So. Yeah. And there was a whole thing about... Oh, sorry, not prom, it's their winter No, prom. I think it's, yeah. Um, there's also a whole thing about how Nate's parents like the date, which is big because they didn't like uh, Maddie. <laughs> while while they're at winter form, we get these scenes of Fez breaking into Mouse's, Mouse's Fez's drug dealer. So he's breaking into his drug dealer's drug dealer's house, I guess, and robs him so he can pay back his drug dealer, whose name is Mouse. Yes, the doctor. 
Yes, the doctor. Yeah, okay, all right. Um, Which is And smart. I said, Fez, baby, you're stressing me out. Because he was, like, jumping fences and and missing and, like, running past dogs. And he was, I was just very stressed out for every scene that that involved. But anyway, he gets the money. Uh, but he ends up having to beat up the guy because the guy tries to shoot him. And that's what Fez is doing while the winter formal is going on. At the winter formal, Jules tells Rue that she's in love with her. And then Jules says some foolishness about how she's in love with Anna, who's the roommate she hooked up with. And I said, how are you in love with her? You met her once. Because one singular time. Jules is a stupid teenage girl. <sighs> okay. But Rue, who I think is high at this point. I could be wrong. I think she's high at, but at most of Jules, the points. Yeah. Rue and Jules decide to run away together, but Rue backs out at the last minute, which like Rue and like I don't think it's anyone's responsibility to take to take care of her in in that sense like that you shouldn't put that all on jules but also jules should recognize like maybe i shouldn't make plans with someone who is a drug drug addict and has a lot of highs and lows like maybe we shouldn't plan to run away from home right now you know maybe we should like take some time to think about it well like you can plan to do it but like definitely make the plan for to to, you know make the plan today but then do it maybe in two days just just give her a day that's what i'm saying plan it like they went outside from the winter formal and then five minutes later we're going to leave mm-hmm. that's that was the turnaround period for this but um what happens is rue decides not to go and jules decides to get on the train and then they start they start playing the song that makes me really really sad and want to be in love which is um a song for you by donny hathaway and in the song he says i love you in a place where there's no space for time and then i'm real emo every time i hear that song um but rue goes home after jules decides to get on the train because rule at rue asked jules not to get on the train and jules goes anyway and then rue goes and snorts some oxy and has a very vivid musical hallucination now, before we get into the musical musical hallucination, I would just like to recap some of my notes. Um, Rue needs someone to recognize when she's manic and not feed it. Like, I want her to be happy, but, like, she kissed Jules, and her kissing Jules and her wanting to leave, like, making this decision to leave and get on the train seems like too much of an upswing. And I, if I were Jules, I'd be a little worried about what the downswing is going to look like if we did, in fact, you know, run off together. <laughs> But also, Jules left her, and I thought that was really messed up because Rue wouldn't do the same. Because if you remember at the party when Rue was sober and Jules was really, really drunk, Rue kept saying how she didn't want to be there, but she couldn't leave Jules. And then Jules, in an like, even, high, like, even higher stakes situation, I would say, was like, that sucks, bye, mm-hmm. even though this wasn't even my idea. you know. And Rue very clearly needed someone to stay with her, and Jules was like, that's not my problem. But, like, they're also, like, so intertwined with each other that, like, even if it's not, we again, we can't pin all the responsibility on Jules to look after Rue. Yeah, I thought it was kind she of, like... kind of sign up for it a little bit. Like, I think Jules had a lot going on that she hadn't told Rue, and Rue had a lot going on that she hadn't told Jules. But, like, what... I, I, yeah, I, I didn't love that she just left. Mm-hmm. But but when we have the when the song's playing, you know, I love you. It's not it's a love song. But what I did like is that this montage starts playing after Jules leaves and Rue goes home. But it's not just images of Jules. Like Rue sees her sister and her mom, 
and her friends. So like she recognizes that there's other people to live for, but also unfortunately, on the other hand, for Rue is there's other people she can she's can let down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't blame anyone else for her choice to relapse because you can't like that's not anyone else's fault. But also you can see what set up the conditions for that relapse with Jules leaving. She needs structure. Rue is clearly not capable of giving this structure to herself. You and you and her, this person are so intertwined. And, like, you can leave the person. Like, you can say this is not for me. But, like, to leave her so abruptly, def- obviously is not going to do anything good for Jules. No. Musical hallucination now. Completely out of left field. I liked it. I don't know why we needed it. I thought it was great. I, I didn't think she was going to die because she can't... In the musical hallucination... She's like singing. Zendaya is, is, is sings in this song, so Rue is singing in this musical hallucination, and she sings to her mom and her sister, but they can't see her or like feel her or anything. Whereas the only person she can interact with is her dead dad. So I was like, oh, she's definitely gonna die. It 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 was definitely a little bit deathy for um more more than a few moments. I I would have to agree, but I think it was a good ending to the season, and I think that's gonna be a good ending to this episode. That's definitely entirely too long way too long but but um that was our season one recap we will uh ramble about season two uh episode by episode i believe mm-hmm. because uh clearly we need to mm-hmm. and we're gonna be here all day uh, but uh, i have been eleanor i have been kalina um please let us know your hot takes Listen. on the show at in the comments because i want to know because eleanor and i i think a little bit of like a self-feeding loop and we have the same ideas so okay, i haven't hottest. even gotten to my to my hottest takes yet oh, they're yeah. they're my for season two my, my hottest take for season one is fez is hot that's my hot take but like season two i got some i got some bangers in there for you so we will be back with that very soon and um yes we will be back thanks for listening don't quote me on that one day we'll have an outro but it's not today